Welcome to Federal Insights for March, Managing Threats Through CDM in Government, sponsored by Mobile Iron. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest today is Bill Herod, Federal Chief Technology Officer for Mobile Iron. And Bill, today we're going to be talking a lot about CDM. And to start off, I wanted to kind of ask you, what businesses need to know about CDM when working with the, the federal government? Because right now is the time that the government's really putting a lot of these CDM efforts into place. Sure, Scott. And one of the things that I think is really important is, you know, Kevin Cox, the CDM chief at DHS, has said that mobility is one of the new focuses for CDM at DHS. And businesses are finding more and more that the endpoint, the modern endpoint as we call it, whether it be a mobile phone or a tablet, so much of what the uh, of what business gets done on is on that modern endpoint. Mm -hmm. So being able to put controls around those modern endpoints, being able to leverage uh, the, the challenge of how we secure those modern endpoints and then how we report that up to DHS is going to be really critical. They've also added new FISMA mobility metrics for the mobile endpoint now, and those mobility metrics are being reported up through the CIO all the way up to DHS. And one of the things that Mobile Iron has done is we've been working with the ATARC Mobility uh, Working Group have been one of the first eight groups to be able to provide a playbook for how our clients can produce those metrics so that they can be reported all the way up through, D through CDM to DHS. Now, where is mobility when it comes to CDM currently compared to where it is when it, you know, you're doing something on a, on a desktop? Uh, I know that I use my cell phone all the time when working. So, um, you know, how much can, can federal workers use theirs compared to, to someone in the private sector? Sure. So there are a number of different ways that um, federal agencies are providing um, access from those modern endpoints. A lot of agencies provide a, a device, um, what we think of as, as government furnished equipment. Um, some agencies have a mixture of government furnished equipment and bring your own device. Um, and in either case, we need a way of being able to provide at least some management and threat protection around those mobile endpoints. If we think about the, the desktop, for years we've had antivirus protections and, uh, and policy protections um, on that laptop or, or desktop. And those controls are now being rolled out to the modern endpoint as well. Unfortunately, the mobile endpoint now has become one of the favorite targets for hackers and, and attacks, um, and it's not as well secured as a lot of the traditional devices or traditional endpoints may have been. So what we really need to do is we need a way of being able to, to validate that the endpoint, the, the phone or the tablet, is in compliance with policy, that it hasn't been jailbroken, uh, that there aren't uh, unapproved apps, malicious apps on the device, um, and that the, the data on the device is encrypted um, and protected um, in use and, and at rest um, and in motion. 
um, and being able to leverage the user's credential, the derived credential on the device to be able to help authenticate who the user is. Now, would that mean possibly limiting, if you're doing a bring your own device, limiting what you can do with your own personal device? So most of the devices are now protected in a way that the, the work portion of the device um, is protected separately. Mm -hmm. So if you have uh, your own content on the device, pictures, music, um, contacts, those are managed by you, um, but that the government portion of the device or the government um, applications and data on the device um, are protected. Something we, we used to call containerization, it used to be protected as a container, that's gone out of favor somewhat, but it's, the idea is there that the government manages the applications that belong to the government and the data that belongs to the government. And it becomes critical if that device falls out of compliance, um, if the user loses the device, um, or if the device seems to be compromised or gets jailbroken, then a modern security management solution can wipe that portion that belongs to the government. So all of the government apps and the data uh, can be removed uh, until the device comes back into compliance. Um, and then all of that can be restored and it can be done automatically. So there really is no interaction required from the end user. We think the, the end user experience uh, upfront and, and being one of the first things to consider is really important. Like any security measures we've seen for a long time, if security becomes too difficult, people will find a way to work around it and it becomes ineffective. And so we wanna make sure that we can validate the, the device, the network that the device is on. So if there are controls around using free or public Wi-Fi or hotel or a coffee shop Wi-Fi, which are notoriously um, susceptible to attacks, mm -hmm. um, then perhaps that's not the place to conduct government business. Um, and then being able to validate that you have a, a secure VPN uh, and that the device is, uh, is in compliance and that the app is in compliance and that we know who the user is um, are all critical to making sure that we have a secure way of being able to enact government business. So that's uh, all well and good when it comes to the standard that there is right now with NIST and, and all of that. What about bigger and, and farther forward uh, standards. So the Defense Department recently put in the CMMC uh, and has a few other um, you know, farther reaching cybersecurity measures. Are those ones that can work with mobile as well eventually? So CMMC and the NIST standards for 800-171 and 800-53 and, uh, and 800-63, which I helped work on while I was at Deloitte, um, those are all really effective standards. They help us to, to follow some of the things that are important for CDM, knowing who the user is, knowing what the device network, uh, what network the device is on, um, knowing what is happening on the network, um, and also then how is the data protected. So the standards are all effective, they're good controls, um, but the threat landscape is moving really quickly and increasing in such a way that you can't rely on the standards in order to give you good security. One of the things that we've said for a long time in security is that uh, having good security 
often makes it easier to be in compliance with the standards. Having compliance with the standards does not equate to good security. Right, right. We're going to take a quick break. My guest today is Bill Herod. He's the Federal Chief Technology Officer at Mobile Iron. I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni, on the discussion managing threats through CDM and government, sponsored by Mobile Iron on Federal News Network. Are your agency's mobile endpoints protected against cyber attacks and malicious code? Is your agency prepared to meet the mobility reporting requirements for CDM and FISMA? Mobile Iron's proven government-grade security platform makes it easy, protecting government data and user privacy, securing the device, and remediating threats on agency phones, tablets, and laptops. Mobile Iron, securing your agency's work and making FISMA and CDM mobility reporting painless. Learn more by downloading our CDM guide at mobileiron.com government. Welcome back to the discussion Managing Threats Through CDM and Government, sponsored by Mobile Iron on Federal News Network. My guest today is Bill Herod, Federal Chief Technology Officer at Mobile Iron. I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni. So, Bill, we were just talking about CDM itself. Let's talk a little bit about the threat landscape and, and managing those threats. Um, what is the landscape looking like now? It's constantly changing, obviously. Um, where are you kind of keeping your eye on things? So, Scott, I think one of the important things is that we understand that as we move to the modern endpoint, the mobile device, even Mac, o- Mac OS and, and Windows 10 devices, um, that the threat landscape is changing quickly. Um, but in many ways, the threat landscape uh, has a number of the same concepts. The threat is that the device gets compromised. The threat is that we get some sort of malicious code or ransomware attack against the device that would then move into the network. Um, And those are some of the things that we really want to try and protect against. So making sure that the the device is in compliance, that uh, we can validate that the device hasn't been jailbroken, um, that we look for uh, apps that are approved, um, and then that we can validate that the the user and the device tied together are operating on a a sound network, a safe network, um, and typically across a VPN, uh, and then being able to to detect uh, threats on the device. So things like phishing attempts or malicious code. You know, one of the things that, that we saw recently with the Jeff Bezos attack was that Um, That was a sophisticated, highly targeted phishing attack and could have been detected and prevented um, had there been an effective mobile iron threat defense uh, solution on the device. We could have noticed that the application, the threat, tried to escalate its privilege to gain access to things that were on the device contacts, uh, photos, um, or that it tries to open a communication channel, either back to itself or into the network. Um, And those are all things that we need to be aware of and to look for um, and to prevent. A lot of times the the threat detection uh, on the mobile endpoint um, doesn't take place on the device itself. The threat detection goes up to the cloud. There's some analysis done there. Um, And then the remediation gets um, developed in the cloud and flows back to the device. The problem with that is A, it takes a lot of time, but B, the device has to be connected. 
Right. So what we're looking at is how do we prevent those sorts of things even if the device doesn't have connectivity. So if it's in airplane mode or you're in a skiff, we still need to be able to detect and remediate threats on the device. So I, I would imagine that uh, government and companies would be pretty concerned if someone like Jeff Bezos is falling for a phishing attack, right? Um, so how can the companies and the government keep their employees um, up to date on all of these sorts of issues, especially when, you know, not a, all of them are as tech savvy as, as Jeff Bezos might be. Not that he's, you know, the the uh, wonderkin of, of these kind of things, but or the, you know, the genius of those kind of things, but someone that's probably more tech savvy than most of us. So uh, detecting phishing attempts early on um, is really critical. And having the, the policy and uh, the ability to detect it on the device and remediate it on the device automatically um, is really, really important. One of the other things is that that mobile threat defense has to be on all of the devices. Um, one of the things that, that Mobile Iron does is to be able to provide that mobile threat defense coverage to 100% of the devices without any interaction from the user. So even if the user isn't particularly tech savvy, then being able to, to recognize phishing attempts and block them, or at least to be able to block the effect of the phishing attempt as it tries to gather more information or escalate privilege, and then being able to remediate it, or at least to take that device off of the, uh, the network and not allow it to interact with federal resources and applications and data until the device comes back into compliance. So quarantining and then also making people aware that this is, this is happening, you know, getting an email out as quickly as you can saying, this is a fishy email, no pun intended, <laughs> um, as, as to what um, you should be looking out for, right? Absolutely, and part of it is that there is a, a single dashboard uh, with the forensics and, and the analytical information available, but there's also a, a warning that comes up to the user that says your device is out of compliance. Either it's on an untrusted network, um, or there's a, an application that's out of compliance, or something has happened to, to put you out of compliance so that you're aware that, that there's an issue with the device. And then being able to, to gather that information um, utilize it and, and push it out so that others are aware as well. Where would you say at this point the, the weakest link is for uh, the, the government and companies when it comes to securing mobile devices? So I think there are a couple of things. One is um, the, the ubiquity of the mobile device uh, and the reliance on um, always being connected tends to make users much more susceptible to using any hotspot anywhere. So we see a lot of users connect to the free Wi-Fi at, at a coffee shop or in a hotel. As a matter of fact, a colleague of mine uh, was recently in Shanghai on an elevated highway at highway speeds. His phone connects to an Apple network. The issue was that there aren't any Apple stores where he was, but that the Apple network ID is configured on the device by default, and it's meant to make it easy for them to begin to provision the device for you when you go into the store to, to buy the device. But as a result, 
somebody was spoofing that Apple SSID and his phone connected to that network. That person or, or whoever it was then had access to his phone. So we need to be aware of things like um, connectivity, Bluetooth, um, and being able to manage that as a part of the profile um, for the device and how it connects, when it connects, and being able to leverage uh, stronger authentication and authorization from the device to any data and application. Scary stuff. We're going to take uh, one more break. My guest today is Bill Harrod. He's the Federal Chief Technology Officer at Mobile Iron. I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni, on the discussion Managing Threats Through CDM and Government, sponsored by Mobile Iron on Federal News Network. Are your agency's mobile endpoints protected against cyber attacks and malicious code? Is your agency prepared to meet the mobility reporting requirements for CDM and FISMA? MobileIron's proven government-grade security platform makes it easy, protecting government data and user privacy, securing the device, and remediating threats on agency phones, tablets, and laptops. MobileIron, securing your agency's work and making FISMA and CDM mobility reporting painless. Learn more by downloading our CDM guide at mobileiron.com government. Welcome back to the discussion, Managing Threats Through CDM and Government, sponsored by Mobile Iron on Federal News Network. My guest today is Bill Herod, Federal Chief Technology Officer at Mobile Iron, and I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni. So we've talked about security, we've talked about mobile, let's talk about something that is, is very uh, prevalent right now, which is zero trust. And firstly, I think it would be great if you could just explain what zero trust is, because I, I don't think that everyone, they hear it, but they're not really sure exactly what it is. Sure. So. Zero trust is, is much more than a buzzword for me. I think what we're looking at is the idea that traditionally in security, we relied on a, a perimeter of security defenses and anything inside the perimeter was trusted. What we now find is that that perimeter around the enterprise has evaporated. Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, always on connectivity, uh, has put that security perimeter into a really porous state. So what zero trust is really all about is how do we redefine the security perimeter at a much more granular level. So how do we, through things like micro-segmentation, effective security at all of the endpoints, how do we redefine that trust model down to the level where it is to the the transaction to the application, it becomes a very, very narrow uh, circle of trust. And anything, uh, anytime there is activity that comes in or out, uh, that it's validated uh, and that we have continuous trust uh, validation as we go through. And, and what that really means for the end user is a little bit more uh, work on their end sometimes. They have to add a two-factor authentication or something like that. Is that correct? So that's true to an extent. Mm -hmm. Certainly, multi-factor authentication is really important. Um, but I think one of the things is that uh, at Mobile Iron, we want to make sure that we kill the password. User ID and password have, uh, have been traditional uh, security vulnerabilities that we need to move away from leveraging the derived credential on the device using their PKI certificate, uh, deriving a credential on the device, tying the, the validation of the user, their credential 
the device altogether, binding that becomes the new identity of the user, and then validating the network, the application, and the target all become a part of providing a, a stronger trust model for security. And being able to push that zero trust model all the way out to a mobile-centric platform uh, and being able to validate the threat model and the device and, uh, and the user all at the same time. So it sounds like that, that second authentication can be automated in some ways or, or just go through just a, a personal fingerprint of that device, it sounds like, something like that. Absolutely. And leveraging zero sign-on or, uh, or the multi-factor authentication to be able to give us access to, to the applications and the data, whether that resides on the device or at the enterprise level, but being able to provide segmentation around it uh, to be able to provide stronger security um, and validate all of the steps and components um, throughout the process. And that really gives us the ability to be a part of that zero trust architecture. So where does this lead us in the, into the future, especially with, with zero trust? Where is this going from 2020 to maybe 2025 or something like that? So I think some of the things that we see, some of the innovation that's happening, um, is really looking at, um, for the first time, being able to leverage a collection of attributes um, to define access. So I've been around information security for 25 some years, uh, and this is, and spent a lot of that time uh, focused on identity and access management. And this is the first time that I think we're really in a position to be able to do what we have traditionally called attribute-based access control. And some of that is the attributes are the device itself, the identity of the device, the condition of the device, uh, the network that we're coming in from, the, the validation of the application, the validation of the user and their credential, and then putting all of those together and taking other attributes as well, conditional attributes. You know, it might be the, uh, the value of the force level protection, or it may be other conditional attributes um, that all become a part of that authorization policy that then gets defined and enforced um, inside the network uh, down to the application level to be able to protect uh, the application and the data uh, that's being used. And then I think leveraging the, the credential, the derived credential on the device um, to be able to use that as part of the encryption process so that we can make sure that we encrypt data uh, on rest, at, at rest, in use and in motion um, and really encrypt data end to end. So I'm going to bring this full circle. We talked about CDM in the beginning. How's the government, uh, as we just talked about these new technologies and zero trust, how does it ensure that it stays ahead of these threats um, in, in the future as these technologies change as well? So I think part of the answer really is how do we define the controls around how we gather access? Um, a friend of mine would say that looking at enterprise security, today we're putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. And what we really need to do is we need to ensure the threat is not on the device, 
that the application is good, and that we know who the user is and provide continuous authorization and validation across the life cycle of the transaction. Bill, it's been a real pleasure talking to you today. Thanks, Scott. I'd like to thank our guest again, Bill Herod. He's the Federal Chief Technology Officer at Mobile Iron. I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni, and you're listening to Federal News Network. For more on the discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search CDM Month. Thank you for listening to Federal Insights for March, Managing Threats Through CDM in Government, sponsored by Mobile Iron on Federal News Network.